Support for this episode comes from PCG Digital. It is anywhere from difficult to impossible to manage every aspect of the changing digital landscape. Rather than trying to do it yourself, why not leave it to an award-winning team of digital marketing specialists who have mastered it all? Connect your message with more potential customers with PCG Digital. Go to pcgdigital.com for more information. So for many companies, especially in this time where we still have or will continue to have remote workforces, how do you build that humanity? How do you keep that connection? How do you create that environment um, where mindfulness and empathy are not seen as a weakness, but actually creating a culture where your team can thrive or feel comfortable to talk about stress, to talk about burnout? and allowing you as a leader to reposition things so that everyone can be successful. Well, I'm really pleased in this power episode of the podcast to bring back Janet Fouts, who shares her journey and why she changed and pivoted her career, leading a top-level digital agency in Silicon Valley. But it became a point where it was stressful, burnt out. She realized that this is not what she wanted to do for the rest of her life. And she pivoted where now she helps companies deal with that same situation where they may not have to change or shut down the company, but they can build a better environment, a better culture by being mindful, being present in the current situation that they're in. So can't wait. Let's dive into today's power episode of You're In Charge Conversations at Spark Change with Janet Fouts. I am curious, I want to pivot now and talk a little bit about you, because this mindfulness, where where you are today, as you said, not where you were, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, you were Silicon Valley running an agency, digital agency, Mm -hmm. as you said, got funding, we have people, things are going well. And then, you know, the crash aside, which was, you know, always can be a, you know, very similar to COVID in this time frame, it, it pushes things or accelerates things. So my question to you is, where did, where did this come from, right? Where we are today? Mm-hmm. And do you think that if the crash didn't push you remote, were you heading to that way anyway? So I'd love to understand how we got to this point because it's fascinating from running agency work and we have all this to, no, we're in a completely different direction. Mm -hmm. Well, the agency did transform quite a few times. You know, we started as an online community for people working in the restaurant industry that evolved to a web development company and then eventually that de- evolved into social media management and strategy. And it was really in the social media management and strategy part that we really made a big pivot. Because at that point, I was working with quite a few individuals who were running their own businesses. They were all contractors. They mm-hmm. were all working from home. And we were really successful. And it was really where we were at the height of our success. Um, Because social media was taking off like mad and everybody wanted it and nobody knew how to do it. But over time, I started to realize that my my real core love is community. It's 
dealing with the people. And it was always about humanity and people working together. And over time, social media got more into a marketing tool, more mm -hmm. into kind of that old madman style of pushing stuff down people's throats because they needed it. Sure. And I got pretty disconnected from that. That's not the way I wanted to do business. And I changed a lot of clients, but I was still finding clients that that was the only way they wanted to work. And I just was not fulfilled. And at the same time, uh, someone in my family got sick and I became a caregiver. And I started to really check in with my priorities. And I was really burned out because I was running the agency and I was being a caregiver and all of these other things in crazy Silicon Valley. Sure. And I started exploring mindfulness as a way to take care of myself. And the more I learned about it, the more excited I got because I found that it could handle my stress. And little by little, I started doing what I call, you know, mind focus training, if you don't like the word mindfulness, and really learning how to focus on what was important. And it wasn't social media anymore. Right. It wasn't working with the clients that I was working with anymore. So I shut down the agency and I opened a consulting and coaching business. And now I do corporate training and retreats and workshops and all kinds of things that just really transform people, help them be better in how they deal with life and with work. And that has changed my entire life in such a good way. I'm so much calmer these days than I was then. <laughs> Well, I think, and, and I want to keep diving into this because what's interesting is sometimes we always, we make changes because we have to, meaning that life is pushing us to that. So you have a successful business, but the caretaking and the burnout and all of a sudden. So how did you find the mindfulness? Was it, uh, uh, you know, what was the actual thing that got you down the road? Was it a workshop? Was it a video? Was it a book? How did you all of a sudden go from, you know, even though you sensed it, I liked community, but we went to the advertising and ads, 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 ads till we're, you know, blue in the face here. How, what, what, mm -hmm. what was the, what was the trigger point to get to the mindfulness? Desperation. You know, quite honestly, you get to a point when you're so burned out that you turn to everything. And I turned to a lot of things that weren't good for me before I got there. Right. And then I really kind of on a whim did a three-day retreat, and which was amazing because I realized that, gosh, I can take three days and take care of myself and focus mm -hmm. on what I need. And that is something that I didn't think I would do. I thought it was woo woo and silly and why am I mm. doing this? But I need the time. So I certainly did not have the mindset that I have now. I was very like, oh, I don't know. This is just going to be crazy. But three days in the mountains. Okay, I can do this. <laughs> right. Well, were you looking at it more as a vacation break than it was this is going to transform me? Or was that a surprise when you came out of it? It was a total surprise. I really didn't expect it. I thought, you know, I'm just going to go and I'm going to chill and it's going to be good. And I just really need a break right now. I have yeah. to have a break. And then once I kind of recognized that almost everybody that was at that retreat, and it was not a retreat for people who were in stress, 
but almost everybody at that retreat was in really extreme stress and they were there for the same reasons I was. Right. So we got to talking and I realized that, you know, some of them were Silicon Valley executives. Some of them had families that were in, in challenge. There were a lot of different things, but what brought people together was I just need something to make me feel better, to make me feel whole. So then I started studying mindfulness in a lot of different ways and compassion and positive neuroplasticity and positive psychology and cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm -hmm. I studied a lot of stuff over the last few years and it really has made everything better for me. And it's made things better for my clients as well. And um, it just feels really good. I feel like I found my my next calling, my next career. Right. Well, well, what I like about that, and I'd love your opinion on this, because I think, I don't want to say just high achievers, but I think it's most people who are just trying to get through the day. We talked about it earlier, being busy, taking real time for yourself is seen as selfish or... I don't, week's not the right word, but I think we, we, we feel that if I take time, I'll speak for myself, you know, taking time for myself, my wife is always on me, just go, you need your time. And I have my time where I go, but for a long time, I didn't because I kept saying, well, me sitting down for an hour and just reading a book for myself, which I enjoy, I could be doing X, right? You have that mm-hmm. battle of constantly, well, I could be doing this, or I should be doing more for the family, or I could be doing more for the company, or I could, and you go to, well, I could go work. How do you, what would your, I can't say advice, because again, someone's going to say, oh, it sounds all good and easy, but what is that? What's that power? Why is it so important that we do take stock and we just sort of find what we like to do and do it? Like, what's that real benefit? Well, let me take that from a little different tack. Um, Something that I did and something that I know a lot of people have done is when they get burned out and they get stressed, they're like, okay, I'm going to go dancing. I'm going to go to a bar. I'm going to get drunk. I'm going to come home and everything's going to be better in the morning. <laughs> no one feels better in the morning. No, no, it does no. not work. And so they actually make things worse because now they've accelerated the burnout and they've right. made themselves feel bad. And, and I think we've all done that in some capacity. And when we do something like, you know, we take a day and we go for a walk in the woods, we always feel better. Right. Even if it's taking us away from work, taking that break just for ourselves feels better. It's a practice. We need to develop a habit of taking Mm. those breaks whenever we decide we need to take them. Not every Saturday I'm going to go for a walk in the woods because there's going to be all kinds of stress around that. There's going to be all kinds of reasons that you can't do it. But if you do make yourself do it, you're going to feel better. And then once we start to feel better, we start to want more of that. But right. it's not until we take that small step like I did to go, okay, I got to do something about this. And it can be an hour. It can be reading a book. You know, it isn't watching Netflix for eight hours. Right. That's really a maladaptive behavior. We need to find a way to be with ourselves. 
and yeah, create like that, that habit. Yeah. My wife was doing during COVID, she was doing paint by numbers. And she said, mm-hmm. this was, that was her time. Something again, like you were saying, we were saying earlier, a repetitive action that occupied a portion of the brain. So the other portion of the brain could go off and just think things. And I think that's just listening to that. What I loved about it was it's finding something, doing it for yourself. Sometimes, you know, I don't want to say force yourself, but you know, if the choice is, well, I could go work or go walk, go walk, but it, mm-hmm. it be careful that it isn't becoming such a ritualized task that you lose the joy of actually doing that. Now it's, I'm going to walk for an hour, but then your purpose is, I can't wait to get done with this walk. Cause then I've checked it off the box and now I'm going to go back and I'm going to go work. You've lost that ability because you're no longer present. You're counting down the minutes to be done. So you're not doing it. But I think from what you're saying and, and what it sounds like, again, it's just this ongoing building of presence, listening to yourself, appreciating that silence and time for yourself is as valuable of what, because it charges you up. It, it, it allows you to be, be more present for all of your other things that you have on your list because you've recharged the battery, your battery in a real way, not forced. I'm going to the beach today and ooh, everything's done. Now I can go for, you know, it's, I, I, I think we need more of this. And as you said, that's why I love that word micro doses. I think we need, mm-hmm. we need a hundred micro doses over the course of time, every day versus one power pack day of vacation, because to your point, then we feel like that solves all of our problems. Yeah. Well, and, and who, who, who hasn't gone on vacation and like the five days leading up to the vacation are packed with work. Right. And then you get to vacation and you chill out, except the last couple of days when you're like, okay, I'm going to get back to work. I'm going to get this done and this done and this done. Then you get back to work and you're hammered again. And it has not relaxed you because you're still no. exhausted. So when we take little breaks, they're actually more impactful. You know, right. in our house, we take overnights or we'll take a couple of days just whenever. Right. We're feeling a little fried. Let's, let's go somewhere. Go let's. Right. Get a hotel room, stay there and just relax. And it's just one day. But it's amazing how powerful that can be if we allow ourselves to do it. And even yeah, just 10 we, minutes, a walk around the block. I, I there I, I have a neighbor and I've uh, you know, we've grown close over the you know, 10 years or so we're here and he's always worked at home. He and his wife both work at home, but they, I see them walking together or by themselves at least two or three times a day. And he says, that's the way I do my thinking. That's the way, but that he has those micro moments for himself. And he is the most level-headed calm. I'm sure he gets upset, but when you talk to him, he's very grounded, very centered because he has this ritual of refueling himself or, or be, you know, treating that time for himself so that he can be present for everything else. And I, and I, I like that. I think we all do wait for the big vacation. And usually if you, let's say you're gone for a week, it takes you three days till you finally are relaxing. And now you're on your fourth day and you feel, oh my God, I finally feel really good. And then you're going, oh, I only have two days left. And now I try to jam it all in and I'm more exhausted when I come back. And that I'm sure you've heard of people go, I need a vacation for my vacation uh, because of all of this. Well, I hope you got a lot out of that episode. I know I did. Again, mindfulness, empathy, 
They are not weaknesses. Those are strengths of the best leaders because the focus is on creating an environment for their employees to thrive. So I hope you got a lot out of that. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple or if you're an Android user over on Spotify or wherever you're listening to the podcast. Again, if you'd like to go watch the episode over on YouTube, do that as well. It's episode 105. Uh, you can watch the whole conversation I had with Janet. Again, thank you so much for being here, taking time out to listen. I know there's a lot of places that you can consume content. The fact that you spend time with me means the world. Please uh, share this out. As I said, a lot of people in your network that could benefit from what Janet has to say. Uh, please do so. Thank you again for being here. And as I say, at the end of every episode, you're in charge. But now Janet gave you a few more tools and tips and strategies to help you become better both professionally and personally. Thanks again. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.